1: And if you're listening and valuing the show, we really hope that you're sharing it with your friends and family as well. And add a review for us on whatever podcasting platform you're using, because your support really does matter. And we've been making some changes to our Family Action Networking Club as well, or Fan Club for short. So we're offering even more choices and opportunities to everyone who's there. So visit RiseAndShineAsOne.com to learn more.
2: And if you didn't have a chance to join us last week, you want to be sure to check out the show that we had with Mikal Golan, I got to get these names right, and Wendelin Bartley on The Healing Power of Music. It was such a great hour we got to spend with them. Um, it just was was fantastic stuff talking about colors and yoga and <laughs> involving nature and sounds and and the relationship to music. It was wonderful. So be sure to catch that show. Um, and a couple of other announcements. We're having a contest for kids, all, all of us kids from, you know, figure from two to one hundred and two. If you're in, you're in that category somewhere. Um, the, the couple of options for the contest, we're having a coloring contest for the younger kids with uh, shining moment reminders and, and opportunities for them to to share their interpretations of some coloring pages that we'll send out. And the second part of the contest is for perhaps older kids and adults that can answer a question, which would be something like, what would a world look like that really works for everyone? And describe your vision. How about that for an idea? And if we can get those kinds of conversations going, I mean, that's per- the, basically the purpose of our show, anyway. Is what we want to have have accomplishing here or be accomplishing, and and to hear your ideas and and then be able to share the you know what who we're uh, the best ideas basically even on the on the air. If you're willing to share yours, uh, it would be wonderful to have that opportunity. So, the, the concert though or excuse me, the, the contest deadline is coming up uh, actually this Saturday. So it's it's this week. We've really got to get going on this, and uh, and we'll look forward to, to getting your entries in before this Saturday. So the other part of the announcement is that we're having a concert on June 25th, and the tickets are on sale now. So all the details for both the contest and concert are available at ShineS1.com.
1: Yes, we are very excited to be receiving those entries and looking forward to live music in your own home. So you can get to a live concert from your own home. It'll be a ton of fun. Now, today we have Ron and Joanna Milcure with us. The couple have spent over 40 years as off-grid homesteaders. They blog for various sites, including Mother Earth News, and have been published in Back Home Magazine, Small Farmers Journal, and Countryside and Small Stock Journal. They also appeared in Live Off Grid, which is a documentary film and book about people living off grid throughout Canada. Ron is the author of Off Grid and Free, My Path to the Wilderness, and the couple recently co-wrote The Self-Sufficient Backyard for the Independent Homesteader. And I also just want to let you know that Ron and Joanna are coming to us via satellite, not a typical internet connection this week. So there may be a little bit of delay at times, but we really felt this conversation was very well worth it. So welcome, Ron and Joanna. Thank you.
3: Hi, uh, Laurie and uh, Mark. Thank you very much for having us on.
2: Absolutely. Well, it's so great to be able to spend a little more time on this subject. We, we started off our, uh, our program with an interview of someone who is really focused on, on earth preservation and, and, or, or uh, my focus has been something that I've, I've always been really close to nature. And just the idea of off the grid living has always been just absolutely intriguing and fascinating for me. And, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting a little more into this with you. So uh, could you describe your lifestyle a little like in your words so the listeners have a good picture of what it is we're really talking about when we're talking about homesteading and living off the grid
3: well sure um first of all uh, i like that contest i gotta comment on that contest i'm gonna have to pull out my crayons
2: to find them <laughs> right.
3: absolutely absolutely <laughs> why not but, why not? but, uh, <laughs> but uh, our lifestyle in a nutshell is, uh, f- focuses on self-reliance and being, uh, trying to be as self-sufficient as possible. And whether you do that through, uh, growing our own food or, um, uh, producing our own energy through solar, uh, that's, that's really it in a nutshell is, is trying to, uh, live an earth friendly lifestyle that, uh, uh, utilizes uh, many of the the technologies to become self-reliant.
2: Is and and Joanna, you're uh, along the lines of this. Is there, there are any other motivations for you that 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 you're? Uh,
4: how how would you describe your lifestyle? Thank you. That that pretty much is sums it up. I mean, we we try to grow as much of our food as we possibly can. We generate our our own energy or our own electricity from the sun. Uh, One time when we lived in northern Saskatchewan, we actually had a hybrid system that included a wind turbine and solar array. But here in Nova Scotia, we're just back to solar. Um, And I guess that's the two biggest things. Uh, And then there's a lot of little things that we do, like we heat and I cook on a wood stove. I don't have a gas stove. I don't have, obviously, an electric stove. Wow. So we couldn't cook in heat with uh, wood. It's wood that we've cut from our own land. Um, so maybe that takes our self-reliance to a, another level. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both have skills that some might call old-fashioned skills. Like, I, for example, I know how to spin wool. I taught myself how to do that a long time ago. Uh, My mom taught me how to knit. I know how to sew. I know how to quilt. I recently taught myself how to weave. So while we're not living like we're in the 1700s and solely running around in uh, homemade hand spun and hand woven garments, just the fact that we have this skill set gives us, I think, an edge up. Ron does a lot of uh, hand work or uh, woodworking with hand tools. He taught himself how to do that. He's a whiz when it comes to electrical stuff and plumbing stuff. I don't know any. I'm a dunce when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> so that's all man stuff, and he's great at it. So between the two of us, what I don't know he does, what he doesn't know I know. And being the two of us, we make a pretty dynamic duo, really, that's so awesome. that we can – pretty much get by no matter what life in the world is going to throw at us. Wow. It sounds like
1: you two make a really great team. That's wonderful.
2: My word, I love the word synergy. And it sounds like you guys are just the epitome (laughs) living example of that. That's awesome.
1: Definitely. Now I know we've, we've used a couple of terms both off the grid and homesteading. And I know there's obviously quite a bit of overlap, but there's also a bit of a distinction too. So how would you, Mm describe that and and make them distinct
3: well uh if you're if you're talking about like what the difference is between off-grid and and perhaps self-reliance is that is that basically a question
2: homesteading is sort of the um the the word that
3: yeah, my, you guys-
2: my folks actually, uh, I actually have a, an experience of homesteading in my, my grandpa actually uh, homesteaded in Alaska um, with uh, my dad when he was like six or seven. And they, they actually went up there and, and there was free land being given away, um, you know, at the time that, that all you had to do was basically show up and, and work it and make it work and live there long enough to uh, to eventually actually own it and so i don't know is, is that okay what you're describing as as your version of homesteading or
1: well because we we also had a a guest who lives in the middle of the city and was off the grid which is not the same as
4: homesteading. Oh, so right i yeah. wanted to clarify that a little bit well i guess our definition of homesteading means that we try to be as self-reliant as possible. We've never been in a situation where if you work the land for X amount of years, it becomes yours. You know, like back in the 1800s with the Homesteading Act to settle the western part of the United States, we've never experienced that aspect of it. But so homesteading for us means we've just tried to live as self-reliant a life as possible. And that is different than being off-grid. Off-grid means being unplugged from the power grid. And typically, people off-grid generate their own power from either the sun, the wind, water, uh, flowing water, or a generator or a combination of those things. They have a hybrid system. And a person can be off-grid and not be self-reliant in any other way. They can work a nine-to-five job. They can buy all their food at the supermarket. They can drive a Hummer. I mean, they don't. They can be typically a, a, a normal, I hate to s- hesitate to say normal, but they can mm-hmm. live a typical normal life and still be off-grid but not be self-reliant. Self-reliant means you're relying on yourself for your basic needs, such as food, Uh, shelter, clothing, energy, and so forth. And we should clarify that it's really impossible for anybody to be 100% self-sufficient. So our goal, Ron and and myself, we've always striven to be as self-reliant as we can possibly be and as self-reliant as is practical. Mm-hmm. Um, now, having said that, people who are striving to be self-reliant are oftentimes off-grid, but not necessarily. that's not necessarily true mm-hmm. either. There's right. plenty of right. people who are trying to be as self-reliant as possible, and they're still plugged <clears> into the power grid, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's mm-hmm. not a case of one way is right and the other way is wrong, right. and that's the beauty of this whole lifestyle. You're free to pick and choose what works best in your situation.
2: And, and how did you get started living off the grid? How did this, where did this motivation come from?
3: Well, for, for me, <laughs> I never saw this coming. I was just a <laughs> typical kid. Uh, I was born in uh, Philadelphia and uh, uh, went to school. I uh, took industrial electronics as my career choice. And I was going to be an, an electronics guy for the rest of my life. And I happened to be uh, going back and forth to work. And I'm starting to question, boy, is this all there is to life? And um, you know, I'm, I'm making small, small wages. I'm making the, the owner of the company prosperous. Surely there's got to be something more to life than, than just working it away. So mm-hmm. I was lamenting the fact to my, uh, one of my supervisors and he suggested homesteading and it's something that just came out of the blue. I had no idea what it was, but as soon as I started looking into it, the, the light bulb just went uh, on and the, the bells and sirens and the, I just knew <laughs> right there instinctively, <laughs> this was going to be my, my life. So, um, uh, pretty quick wow. after that i was i was searching for land and i ended up in maine and the rest is history wow <laughs> i've looked back
2: yeah so it was just a an absolute inspiration that hit and you just followed it it was that's exactly right oh that's fantastic ron that is way cool i mean how many times have we had those inspirations hit and then we spend the rest of our life kicking ourselves for not following them. Basically I, I can, I can speak from personal experience. So,
1: <laughs> Well, what about wow. you, Joanne? I know you were kind of mentioning it. It was a little different for you. Is that correct?
4: Yeah, that's correct. It's something that I knew I always wanted to do from the time I was a teenager. Probably when I was 13 or 14 years old, dad decided to plant a vegetable garden in the backyard. We'd moved from town out to the country, and I was really grooving on being a country girl. So he and I teamed up, and we planted this vegetable garden, and it wasn't long before I was hooked. And then one thing led to another, and um, I decided this is how I wanted to live my life. Um, In addition to gardening with my dad, I learned all the preserving skills from my mom, She uh, taught herself how to can and freeze and make jam and so forth. And I learned from her and worked with her in the kitchen. So she taught me all of that. And in addition, she's the one that actually taught me how to knit and how to cook and how to sew. And all those skills are skills that contribute to being self-reliant. So it was like it was only just natural that this is what I wanted to do.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Well, I would imagine with, uh, with this kind of a lifestyle, you wouldn't have to spend a lot of time watching television and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You probably always have stuff to do. <laughs> uh, but what, <laughs> maybe, maybe what are, what are some of the other advantages other than, uh, you know, lack of TV time to, uh, to this lifestyle?
3: Well, for me, I mean, there's, there's a tremendous amount of satisfaction, mm-hmm. um, with the lifestyle, um, being able to, let's say, just plant a seed and, uh, watch it grow and know that, uh, it's going to become dinner, uh, mm. is, is very satisfying. Um, hmm, boy. just, just, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, satisfaction of the lifestyle, uh, there's tremendous amount of freedom and, and, uh, it's a, just one big adventure. You know, you mentioned uh, not taking the opportunities and that's, that's the one thing that's pretty important is when life throws an opportunity, take, take advantage of it. Um, mm-hmm. Don't, don't let it uh, pass you by. You never know wh- where it's going to take you not I'll tell you, I never saw this coming. Like I say, and one thing lead led to another I, here. I was headed to, to Maine and <laughs> The next thing you know, I'm we're on a float plane out heading out into the bush. And here we are on the ocean now. So it, it's been, uh, like I say, one big, big adventure.
2: Okay. So the two of you had already met at that time, then, Ron? Or did you meet? Where did that come in?
3: Oh, we were, uh, yeah. When we headed out into the bush, we had been married. Yeah. Geez. Uh, I don't know. 10, 10. We've been married since 87 and i did i do good that i remembered that date but, uh, <laughs> 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 points yes, points
1: he's scoring
3: points that's good <laughs> but uh, so it's been been a long time so yes we we have been teamed up in uh, in maine and we were uh, long teamed up before we headed out into the to the bush of uh, northern saskatchewan
2: wow. super so so joanna it's safe to say that joanna had a little bit of an influence perhaps in your uh, the course of your direction
4: well let let (laughs) me just uh enter in here ron was actually homesteading in maine before i met him he he was already established probably four or five years into it before we met
2: okay and um
4: so he, he'd already purchased the land. He'd had the house was built. The barn was built. He had gardens established and so forth. okay. And uh, But was only into it probably about four or five years, if I remember correctly. And then I showed up, and we've been together ever since. So right. there were th- certainly things that... I've contributed that he probably would not have gotten into like this house wouldn't have a spinning wheel in it unless I was living here. So I don't believe that's something he would have gotten into on his own. So um, as I say, we've been teamed up ever since then and we, we homesteaded in Maine till I think it was 1990. And then we moved to Northern, well, we immigrated to Canada, moved to Northern Saskatchewan, lived in the bush, of northern saskatchewan until three years ago when we moved to nova scotia mm-hmm. wow. and at each place we've created a, a from scratch homestead i mean there was nothing in the bush or there was nothing here in nova scotia when we landed here so it's uh starting over from scratch all three times
2: and does your book uh contain pictures or of of a oh, yes. record of these 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 different places okay cool that'll be yeah neat. It does. that'll be neat that sounds mm-hmm. really. what are what are some of the other challenges that you that you faced along the way? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it,
3: this lifestyle is a challenge. I mean, there's a, <laughs> as far as the satisfaction, but uh, as far as the challenge, starting from scratch on three different homesteads, and not knowing anything when I moved to Maine, this was all new territory. I mean, I just had no idea what I was getting myself into. I had no knowledge of of off-grid and gardening. This was not something that I grew up with. So to start out from scratch and start a homestead brand new was a learning experience, and it was a great experience. And one of the things that uh, we've been able to do is build on these successes, build on the knowledge we've uh, started in, in Maine and we got confidence that we could really do anything that we set our our minds to. And the next thing, you know, it takes a lot of confidence to be able to say, you know what, we're going to pack everything, throw it on a plane, fly a hundred miles in the wilderness And start a whole brand new homestead from scratch. And part of this, you asked about some of the advantages of the the lifestyle. It's it's great that we can do this stuff and not have to rely on other people. And Mm. it forces us to learn a lot of different skill sets that we're, we're not experts on anything, but we know a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. Um, and <laughs> if, if, if that makes any sense. And Absolutely. Uh,
2: oh, man.
3: <laughs> priority so, stuff. I mean, important stuff. That's yeah. So we're diversified. We, we Like Joanna mentioned, we are complementary. We, we want things that I'm not very proficient at. She's very good at. And mm-hmm. vice versa. So we, we do uh, make a good team. Neat. Awesome. Well,
1: we, we do need to take a short commercial break, uh, here. And we, we definitely want to dive back into this conversation. Um, but before we go, we do have a couple of quick reminders. Uh, just make sure to visit rise and shine as one.com to check out the shining moments contest and claim your ticket for the upcoming Rise and Shine concert, so the contest is free to participate in, and the concert is just ten dollars for the entire family. And, and there's
2: also remember the there's we're doing a, a discount for.
1: Yeah, when, when you enter the contest, right. you get a discount for the concert for everyone uh-huh. who enters. So <laughs> definitely want to check that out. Right. And when we come back from the commercial, you're going to hear the uh, an original song by our very dear Uncle Mark called Story of Love. And I know you wanted to say just a quick word
2: about that. Well, you know, what we've done here, (laughs) and it's interesting that Ron's talking about uh, the the chances that we take and and the inspirations that we get, well, we decided this Rise and Shine radio show was something we wanted to do, and it's really about putting first things first. So the song that's coming up is called The Story of Love, and it's the first song on my first CD called Star Child, um, which is one where all the songs have... I'd I'd call them a timeless message for me this one feels particularly fitting for right now as our country plants new seeds for a different future and uh, hopefully a better one for everyone so I hope you enjoy it and that's coming up right after this break
0: changing world how can you protect the self-esteem confidence and dreams of the children you love in just five minutes a day even from a distance to learn more about uncle mark's best indie book award-winning kids book his music and resources to support families visit truesunbeam.com and if you're an author or musician with a similar mission learn how to be a guest on the rise and shine radio show visit uncle mark at truesunbeam.com Are you a woman who's tired of staying silent and people-pleasing at the expense of your own health, wealth, and happiness? Discover the roadmap to self-confidence and freedom in Laurie Ann Rising's international award-winning book, You, Rising, Reclaim Your Life, Live Your Purpose. And if you're an author whose nonfiction or memoir makes a powerful difference, you're invited to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. For books, resources, and show details, visit LaurieAnnRising.com. Become
4: our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
5: It's time to tend the garden. I sow tomorrow
6: seeds
5: For the soil tends to harden And it's good at growing weeds As long as I remember To take care of what I
6: sow and
5: With a little love and Revealing what can grow Welcome to my day Here until tomorrow Sharing all my dreams My laughter and my sorrow Welcome to my night I'm so glad you came along You inspire a story of love Welcome to my Following the seasons That are here to guide my way I've come to know the reasons why I lived through yesterday Harvesting the moment For the song I'm here to play using what will grow tomorrow By the seeds I sow today Welcome to my day Here until tomorrow Sharing all my dreams My laughter and my sorrow Welcome to my night Oh, I'm so glad you came home. You inspire a story of love Welcome to my song Living out this story of love I love you in my song
1: Welcome back. Well, what a wonderful song and how perfect for these times when so many of us are in major transition and having the opportunity to plant new seeds for the future. So thank you. That is just wonderful. And I know you wrote that just one or two years ago, I think, Uncle
2: Mark. Uh, Actually, one or two decades, actually. That was recorded in (laughs) Mm -hmm. 96. So Mm -hmm. it, it feels like it's kind of getting more relevant as it's every sprouting day. and growing oh, that, and new that's, ideas oh that's I, how that I, i've works. heard that somewhere <laughs> yeah, where'd that come from okay <laughs> well hey if you haven't had a chance yet i know we've had a couple minutes since we mentioned it last time but uh visiting rise needs to be our first priority after the show okay so remember that the contest deadline is coming up saturday june 20th it's free to enter and it also you, it comes with benefits you get 50% off concert tickets just by entering so and chances to
1: win prizes
2: how many times do you get benefits for for like just coloring a page i mean come on it's it's just a no brainer here so make sure you visit early decide how you want to enter and give yourself time to complete it to the best of your ability and you can even make it a, a fun like co-creating kind of family experience
1: right mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, we are here today with Ron and Joanna Milcure, a couple who've been homesteading for over 40 years. And just a quick reminder, they are joining us by satellite, uh, talking about the self-sufficient backyard. So there may be delays occasionally, but what a wonderful conversation that we're having. They were just sharing with us some of the challenges they experience along the way. And I know you mentioned solar as well at one point. I'm curious, how many you know, different kinds of things can you power just with solar?
3: Great question. And that's something that's, a lot of people have the misconception that solar, I mean, when I first started, and even to a degree, it's still prevalent. Um, people think that solar power doesn't work. And that's just ridiculous, that solar power, we've been doing it for all these years. It certainly works. It's certainly a, a viable alternative to power a home. And if you, I mentioned that we, we lived 100 miles out in the wilderness. If you flew in and landed at our dock and walked up to the house, you'd never know we were a solar-powered home. We have... Wow lights we had refrigerator we had freezer chest freezers light um, i mentioned the lights uh, computer um, so we can power anything that needs to be powered now there are certain things that don't make any sense to power such as an electric oven or Mm. a water heater or a electric dryer they take a tremendous amount of power And there are better alternatives to Mm -hmm. something that that takes that kind of power. There's no point in trying to put up a solar array that takes up a a city block to power all these high-powered devices. So one of the benefits of of the off-grid is it forces you to know what your power consumption is. What really are these gadgets uh, powering up? Um, and, and, and the cost of energy consumption that these things take up. Joanna has her uh, kitchen gadgets. Her She's got her big mixer and, and certain things. So to answer your question, there's pretty much nothing that can't be powered by solar. Does it make sense? Some things it doesn't make sense. And I, I'll throw one out for the, the ladies out there. We even have...
6: A dishwasher. Hey, <laughs> <Okay>, that matters.
3: <laughs> that's, that's the magic word
2: right there. <laughs> I mean, so, so Joanna, you were willing to draw the line. Like, you know, there was, there was a. There well, was a the,
4: the I have to say that dishwasher is a relatively new addition. Ah. Uh, when, we lived in, when we lived in Maine, our solar electric system was very small and it really didn't power very much. And that was mostly be just because of financial constraints, we couldn't afford a big system to power everything that we wanted. So a dishwasher was out of the question there. But in this, uh, in Nova Scotia here, we've got a much bigger solar array, the cost of solar panels has come down considerably, it is so cheap now compared to what it used to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, so having a dishwasher is certainly a luxury. now, granted, and- there'll be times of the year, I, I like in the wintertime, when we have very short days, power consumption, we have to be a little more conservative in the wintertime than in the summertime. So mm-hmm. whether I'll use it as much in the winter as in the summer, probably not. But hey, that's okay. When the sun shines, that puppy will be cranking and washing <laughs> the dishes.
2: <laughs> While you're nice. out doing something else and soaking up the sun. Well, and, and you know, the technology <clears throat> has changed so much over just the last few years. These, these appliances are getting mm. so much more efficient and, mm-hmm. and and it's just, and economical. I mean, it just almost, mm. uh, what I'm, I'm understanding from my education on solar is that actually it's more expensive now to use fossil fuel d- derived power than it is to live a solar lifestyle in in mm-hmm. in the city and on the grid i mean in a in a in a anywhere, in a, anywhere really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's just uh it's it's just been an evolution of the last few years and and it's uh it's great that you guys are are being a clear voice for that so i appreciate that very much mm-hmm.
1: yeah. so i'm i'm curious we have a lot of listeners living in a variety of different situations <clears throat> that maybe this is inspiring to them but they're in an apartment or in a city or, you know, that kind of thing and may or may not have the yard space to start a big garden or, you know, some of the other, you know, maybe they can't really start with solar. So what might be some ways that regardless of somebody's situation, they could really get started becoming more self-sufficient and and moving in that direction in their life?
3: Well, I, I can start. I'm, I'm sure Joanna has a few ideas, but um, I would say even an apartment dweller mm-hmm. can become more self reliant. And I'd encourage anybody, whether they're in an apartment, whether they've got a quarter acre or a hundred acres, it really doesn't matter. You can start to get that process going. Um, Give yourself uh, some questions to to answer, such as what will you do uh, for water if the water goes out? What Mm -hmm. do you do if the electric goes out? And then have some some plan A's and plan B's, backups. Um, If, for instance, somebody's got an apartment, there's no reason in the world that you can't at least put uh, some – containers on a windowsill and just grow some herbs. Mm-hmm. Um, it ju- and, and it it just starts that process of becoming a little more self-reliant. You feel a little bit better about yourself in, in this, in that situation that you are providing something as opposed to just going out and, and, and purchasing it. And the the goal is not total self-sufficiency. It's just, over time, trying to become a little more self-reliant, and um, so uh, another another thought comes to mind is um, buy buy supplies in bulk. That that gets you a little mm. more self-reliance. Save your, uh, saving some money is part of that self-reliance. Um, there's no reason in the world. There's all kinds of little small solar systems that you can buy, purchase something that's small that can, if the electric goes out, you've got a little solar panel that can at least recharge cell phone batteries or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what, whatever little trinkets and gadgets you've got, uh, perhaps a camera that takes, a, you know, some mm. uh, rechargeable batteries so that you at least start the process and you under, it gives you a little better understanding of solar. Uh, so those are a couple of things that uh, come to mind for me.
2: Joanna, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. any other ideas there?
4: Well, of course, I, I'm into the gardening big time. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the angle that I approach it from. And like, as Ron said, you really don't need a large spread to start growing some food. Mm-hmm. Certainly containers on windowsills are great for herbs. You can set up a, a table inside with a grow light and perhaps start growing some salad greens indoors. You can set up containers on your patio or your porch or your deck and grow all kinds of vegetables out there. You can even use window boxes for vegetables instead of flowers or hanging baskets. You've seen hanging baskets of flowers. Well, instead of growing flowers, grow food in those hanging baskets. You can have tomatoes cascading over the side of a hanging basket just as good as flowers. So there's all kinds of creative things you can do. Even if you're in an apartment or if you're in the city or a very, very small suburban lot, you can do a lot uh, in just a very little space if you're creative and think about what you have and how you can best utilize whatever resources are at your disposal.
1: Well, it it sounds like, too, even just learning some of the skills, whether it's canning or sewing or some of those types of skills that could really be handy.
2: And in terms of the gardening, what you're saying is reminding me that I had a driveway once that had uh, uh, kind of a narrow space along the the road, basically the driveway into the house. And I used uh, 10 foot basically irrigation pipes or or drainage pipes that I'd cut like a, a foot long sections out of and hung three of those down and they were called grow tubes, I think is what the, the, the person mm-hmm. that I learned about this technique from, and you could plant different plants and then just water the top one and it drips down in and, and waters all the rest of them with the same water over and over. And it was really this amazing, efficient and, and, you know, method of growing some stuff that didn't take up much space. And, and, uh, I, I really felt great about, you know, putting that in place and and using that space that otherwise wouldn't have been used. and, so those those kinds of things are just it's it's so cool and and I think another aspect of this is that is that we're we're also being an example for the kids in the house mm-hmm. to to be yeah. learning these kinds of things and when you're showing that this is a priority and you're making this a priority, right? I mean that to me right now feels like uh, one of the one of the most important things. And are there any other uh, ways that parents can help? kids get interested in this sort of lifestyle?
4: Well, I would say another thing is to learn how to cook. Mm. Now that might sound silly, but I think in this day and age, cooking is starting to become a survival skill. And Mm. if you can't, if you don't know how to cook, just a basic meal, you don't have to be a chef. It doesn't have to be fancy. Just a basic home cooked meal is, uh, is a basic survival skill as far as I'm concerned. If you rely on restaurants or fast food joints or a takeout or delivery for meals, you're, that's certainly not being very self-reliant. So um, you can plan a garden, but if you don't know what to do with the food once you harvest it because you can't cook or you don't want to cook, you've kind of defeated your purpose. So I think uh, cooking and getting kids involved in the kitchen at an early age, doing appropriate tasks I'm not going to put a knife in the hands of a Mm two-year-old but giving them an appropriate task to do so they have Mm -hmm. some ownership as part of the meal I think uh, again it's just all part of uh, the family it's a family thing getting Mm -hmm. everybody involved and um, so that would that would be how I would approach it.
2: Fantastic! Yeah, back to synergy. I think is you know, for me. Mm. <laughs> I hear those kinds of things. Well, this is fantastic. So, and and you guys have this new book out now titled "The Self-Sufficient Backyard." I'm, I'm loving that. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> uh, so, what kinds of earth-friendly techniques, say, do you discuss in the
3: book? Well, there's uh, a lot. Just going back uh, to your uh, along the driveway. We have uh, grow towers. We call them grow towers. So we've uh, got strawberries in one, and we've got sweet potatoes in another one. And basically, if you can picture uh, a barrel with uh, openings on the side, it's just the visual of it. Uh, it's, It's a little bit different what we're doing, but it's the same idea. And we've got strawberries coming out the sides and stuff. So it's a very efficient use of, of water and space because you're growing vertically. Um, some of the things that uh, we talk about, uh, composting is certainly an earth-friendly um, item that we talk about. And we take it a step further. We've always uh, had a either an outhouse or a uh, composting toilet. Mm. And we deal with that, uh, the human waste aspect, whether it's urine or whether it's the solids. And we compost that. We uh, use it in a different way than we don't put it on the vegetables. But it's great for uh, fruit trees and things like that. So we, ta- we discuss typical composting, but also uh, what to do with human waste. And uh, we certainly deal with water storage soil building. Um, One of the things that we take a lot of pride in as part of the self-reliance is we go foraging for uh, things that are in season. So blueberries, cranberries, these are wild uh, fruits that we we pick each each summer. Um, And certainly, as we've talked a lot about the gardening, but People should know that it's organic gardening, so we're not using, we're not spraying herbicides or uh, pesticides on stuff. We use organic methods to um, keep 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 the garden under control, whether it's mm-hmm. weeds or or bugs.
2: And probably so uh, probably fencing as well for animals to keep deer out and that kind of <laughs> thing. Is that a part oh. of it?
3: Uh, it sure is we've got uh, we've been fighting the deer this winter and now it's now that it's summer we've got uh, the porcupine that we're wrestling with so yes uh, fencing is certainly a big part of trying to keep uh, the the critters out because this is really our food supply Mm -hmm. and there's uh, they've got Thousands of acres of, of forest land all around Nova Scotia, so we're, it's not like they can't find something to eat. So right, and then uh, one another aspect uh, is the intensive gardening, so that we're utilizing the the limited space in the most efficient manner. We're trying to grow as much food as as possible in that limited space, and that's a another earth friendly. Uh, method that we're, we're trying to incorporate uh, when we grow grow our own food is uh, we'll we'll do the intensive gardening aspect of things.
1: Need so it sounds like your book covers quite a bit and um, does it does it include information about what kinds of of plants to eat or not eat, or is that something you would encourage listeners when they're going into an area to, you know, add that to the skill set to learn in terms of, you know, what, what might be poisonous and how to tell the difference and, you know, those kinds of things, or is that a skill you already had?
3: Well, for, for me, part of when I started, I bought lots of books and one of the, some of those books were the Peterson field guides. So Mm. over time, I've kind of learned certain things. But as far as in our book itself, we deal with the vegetables, we deal with the fruits, all the fruits and and how people can grow their own fruits, vegetables, and then can them or or put them by. We deal with uh, herbs and we deal with some medicinal herbs. We don't get too much really into the wild plants other than to just make mention that we do um forage for some wild plants, especially the fruits. And we have we had limited space. We, there's only so much you can put into the book. It's uh, I believe 266 pages. So we we tried to make every word, every page count and dealing with uh the, the uh, a field guide to wild poisonous versus edible plants was just out of the, the realm of possibilities there. Yeah, that's understandable.
2: And there's a there's a lot of uh, a lot of information about those things too, and mushrooms and and things that, that people can study up on. And that's always been just a fascinating subject for me that I wish I had more time to jump into and, and dig in. But uh, but is really every book, fiction or nonfiction, of course, has a message. And what, what would you what message would you hope that your readers will take with them after reading your book?
3: Nothing is impossible. Mm. I think that's really uh, 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 an important message. The other important message that people really need to know is, yes, we've been doing this for 40 years, but we're nothing special. We're, we don't have magic powers. We don't have super intellect. We don't have, uh, you know, we're, we're not blessed with super strength. We're normal people and normal people can pull this off if they just take it one step at a time, Mm -hmm. start out small, build on the successes. Don't try and decide you're going to do this and you're going to go out and plow the lower 40 without having any idea of what you're doing and then expect Mm -hmm. great success. It just won't happen. So you need to build on the successes and, um, one of the things, uh, just as a side note, that dr- drove us crazy is this uh, COVID and watching people line up for food, uh, you know, in, in uh, mm-hmm. driving their cars in long lines to get food uh, for their food handouts that, that uh, they just didn't have the money and, and were caught unprepared. So it it's, it's an important point that we'd like to, to make people aware of is to become more self-sufficient and less reliant on government and rely on yourselves as much as possible it's a very important point yeah.
2: thank you thank you thank you and i'll, I'll bet the, a lot of the uh the motivation and your your mindset um i'll bet you didn't get it from a television show or, or a news broadcast, <laughs> or am I am I am I off base there?
3: No, you're, uh, for speaking for myself, i yeah. I was not born with a hoe, and this just <laughs> completely, like I mentioned right from the start, this was mm-hmm. completely unexpected. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was just a matter of making up my mind. I was going mm-hmm. to do this. This sounded like a really cool idea. And sucking up uh, knowledge as much as I could, whether it was from books or whether I asked other people. There are plenty of people around, mm-hmm. and just take advantage of the, the knowledge base that surrounds you. Uh, and, there's, there's a tremendous amount
2: and support of great parents. It sounds like you has been a big part of of where both of you are coming from, and and mm. what what has led you both where you are. And I, I think that's that's one of the, the mm-hmm. keys that I I. I feel that I had a, a a real a gift of was a was a real support from my family and my my mom and dad encouraged me to 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 be willing to <clears throat> say okay, sure, I'll do a radio program when I don't have the first thing I know, know the first thing yeah. about it.
1: Everyone <laughs> well, starts somewhere, that's for so sure. No, I, yeah. I, we're getting pretty close to the end yep. of our time oh, today, are. and I want to make sure that, oh, the, you know, listeners can find you. So where would they go to find your book and, and learn more about you guys?
3: Uh, well, um, the book is... Uh, available on amazon it's certainly on ebay and uh, uh we've got yes. social media going so people can uh, go to our webpage in the wilderness.net and there's all kinds of information about us we've got a facebook page we've got pinterest going we mentioned about the youtube channel so mm-hmm. uh, there's lots of social media if anybody wanted to just google our name they could find it So uh, we're very easy to find.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for being here. Uh, We just want to one last quick reminder about the contest deadline that's coming up this coming Saturday, June 20th. And we know you really don't want to miss it. So visit RiseAndShineAsOne.com to get all the details and learn how to win. And while you're there, make sure you check out the Rise and Shine family concert coming up on June 25th as well. Tickets are just $10 and that's for the entire family to attend. That's not per person, by the way. And so when you enter the contest, you can also get 50% off of that. And then come back here next week. We're going to be talking with Christine Green. She's an author, speaker, and spiritual mentor about the art of letting go, grief, change, and the new normal.
2: So thank you very much, Ron and Joanna, for for writing your book, The Self-Sufficient Backyard, and for being here with us today. And thank you for listening and supporting the show.
1: Yes. So until next week.
2: Wherever you are. There's always time for remembering to Rise and Shine. Rise and shine. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Have a great day.
0: Thank you for listening to Rise and Shine. Please join Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmsted for another great show next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, keep rising and shining.